Welcome to All You Need to Know, the show where you hear about everything and learn about nothing. Here are your hosts, Quinn Eaton and DJ Pig. Welcome to this episode of All You Need to Know. My name is Quinn Eaton. I'm DJ Pig. And with us today, we have two very special guests, Ed Marlowe from WKDZ and also sports director from WPSD Local 6, Jeff Bidwell. DJ, try not to move that. I know. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm let's not, let's not move that I'm microphone. Just... But thank you guys so much for taking some time and joining us to talk about uh, this exciting news that is surrounding Murray State and uh, especially the athletic programs around Murray State. But I just wanted to make sure for those people that uh, are tuning in, Ed, if you want to introduce yourself, like I said, you're the news and sports reporter for the Sports Edge, as well as uh, a, a new member of the WKDZ team, correct? Yeah, no, that's absolutely right. I do a lot more news than sports now, but living in Murray, it's hard not to pay attention to the uh, atmosphere that's going on in Callaway County and Murray State University. So it's good to be in tune with that and good to be watching what's happening on our news front in Western Kentucky. Right. And thank you so much for taking some time to do this, Ed. And then uh, Mr. Jeff Bidwell, sports director for WPSD Local 6 for almost 20 years. Is that is that correct? Uh, we are, uh, yes, on the fast track to 20 uh, at this point. So. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Um, Oh my goodness! Indeed, I don't even. Were you children even born yet? I don't. I mean, you weren't in kindergarten. Ninety-seven for me. They told me there'd be no math, so I'll just assume <laughs> you were young. So that's fine. And listen, Marlo, we've been on here for two minutes. I just, I'm just telling you now. Do not. I've, I've done this with Faulkner, so the bar has been set extremely low. But I oh. need you to. I need you to clear it tonight. Can you do that? That's not very nice for Faulkner. By the way, I've listened to both episodes of Faulkner and you involved with All You yeah. Need to Know, yeah. and they're both they're equally good. I, I'm not going to pick a favorite. They're both good. Wow. Thank you so and much. Yeah. Do. I just need you to not be Faulkner today. Okay. Can we do that? All right. <laughs> I'll work Thank on you. it. I'll, I'll focus on that chief for sure. All right. Bless your heart. But I also want to mention, uh, Jeff, you are the executive producer, narrator. You can add any other title uh, to the stay, <laughs> stay on Your Wall 10-part uh, documentary series that's covering the historic run of the Murray State men's basketball team during the 2011-2012 season. So we can talk a little bit about that now, or of course at the end we can dive into that, but I just wanted to make sure that people knew about that because it, it is very impressive what you've done. I appreciate it. It's uh, when you are the one that's sort of solely in charge of putting the thing together, you can slap whatever title. I mean, I, gave, I could have given myself czar if I wanted, but I figured <laughs> that would be somehow frowned upon. But uh, no, it's been... Uh, it, it's it's been a year long project and uh, still still a lot of work to do on my end. But I was I was in the end. I just wanted people to enjoy it as much as I enjoyed putting it together. And, and at least after one night, uh, the feedback was uh, overwhelmingly positive. So I was I was very excited about that. Jeff, I had a slight question real quick, uh, <clears throat> not to hijack the podcast, but in the last we're, dance, we're only three minutes in why not go for hey, it That's in the last dance we know that several of those episodes some of those interviews were coming in the final episodes especially john stockton later on do you have a few last second moments that you've got to capture before those final episodes come out uh there are there are a couple uh interview i don't want to say holdouts but people i'm still chasing down so we'll we will see uh there are some slots for them in about episode seven or eight. So we're hoping that we can uh, somehow make everything work and, and squeeze them in. But for the most part, uh, I think as the kids say, the hay is in the barn. So we're uh, right now it's just in the uh, just putting it all together and and trying to get it ready for TV on Saturday night at 630. 
Well, well, I think we're all definitely looking forward to that. And we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end of the episode. But let's go ahead and get to the topic at hand. Murray State just recently decided to move from the Ohio Valley Conference to the Missouri Valley Conference. The Valley is what some people say. Um, is that what some people say, DJ? I think some people call I've it I've never Valley. heard anybody say that. Okay. Well, I thought some people said that, but maybe they don't. First things they first. Very, they very much refer to themselves as the Thank Valley. You, Jeff. So, they are, yes, they are the Valley, the much Valley. like the Ohio State. They are the Valley. Okay. Uh, don't but, make me uh, throw up in my mouth. That's great. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. But first things first. Murray State, of course, was a founding member of the OVC back in 1948. So now in 2022, they are headed to the NBC along with uh, longtime OVC rival Belmont. Why does this move make sense for the Murray State Racers? Uh, you know, I'm a huge proponent of the Ohio Valley Conference. I love everything that it stands for, but one of the big reasons that I think that it makes a lot of sense isn't just asset preservation, which was a number one subject uh, during the Board of Regents meeting on Friday. But for me, I think it just makes a lot of sense because of the footprint. It makes a lot of sense. A lot of your alumni and a lot of your students come from the MVC footprint. And I know that there's a lot of overlap between the MVC and the OVC as far as states are concerned, where schools are located, uh, geography, all kind of makes sense. But I think just from a just from a footprint standpoint, I think it makes a lot of sense. When you have more than 90% of your alumni base located in the MVC footprint and more than 70% of your student base, you know, in the MVC footprint where you recruit, I think it just makes the most sense uh, if you were going to make a move. And we know just from Friday's conversations that there were other conversations being held with other conferences, uh, but the MVC made the most sense. And geography, I think, is, is, a, is a big reason why. I think everything you just said is uh, valid and yet completely insignificant in the big picture in that, that what you said is what um, I think what a lot has to be, uh, and I, it, it just sounds like a PR brochure as much as anything for the move. And, and the bottom line is um, why every conference, why every school in America that has left the conference for a different conference, uh, it is all about money. And that is it. That is, that is number one through 50 on the list of reasons why you move. And then if you need to make up some other reasons to sort of validate it to people that aren't, uh, that maybe to them, you know, just sort of knowing your audience, that's fine. But the bottom line is the Ohio Valley Conference. And, and I've, I've said it and I've meant it. And, you know, it has been, uh, it has been it's a, the, the, the conference that I professionally grew up on for the last 20 years. And, and I love it. And I love the people in it. And, and it's been great. But it is, uh, I don't want to say it's dying on the vine because it's going to rebuild itself in another in another way, but the conference that we knew five years ago is dead. And the fact that, and it's not the, the teams that you lost in it gutted what was there. And for the Ohio Valley conference, when you're playing FCS football, there is no ESPN bowl money. There's no ESPN football money. You're a basketball conference, no matter how much people want to fight about it. And it's a bat, that's where you make your money is you get teams into the NCAA tournament and you win games. And when you win games, that is, you know, every game that is played in the tournament is worth two point something million dollars to your conference. And, you know, we saw it three years ago when Murray and Belmont both got in and both won and both won a game. That was a gigantic payday for the conference that they had never seen before. 
and then all the schools leave that had a chance that could have been a viable second team. So now you're in a situation where if Murray stays, it is Murray, it's kind of Moorhead, and it's everybody else that has no true viability of being anything resembling even a mid-major power. And so you're now going to a situation where you are going to a league that is not only hopeful to get two teams in or more, they expect to get two teams in or more. And so multiple sports in multiple sports. And look, the bottom line, basketball is the moneymaker that that's where, you know, we, we can, the old high rising tides lift all the ships and all the other sports. I mean, baseball is really good in the Missouri Valley. Uh, You know, it's not, it's not that long ago when Wichita state was there, Wichita state was a national baseball power. And I mean, like there, it goes, it's goes on and on. Women's basketball is terrific too. You know, do you think you'd like to get a piece of that Loyola Final Four money from four years ago? You know, not to mention, I mean, within the last 10 years, they have sent two teams to the Final Four, yeah. where in the OVC, you're just praying to God that you can win one game. Mm-hmm. And how and how change, life-changing that is for the schools and the conference. And and it's just, so it, it was an absolute, if, if Murray State's athletic program and their basketball program wanted to be have any national relevance, they had to go. They had to go. Right. And the problem was there was only one place to go because we heard, you know, the Atlantic Sun and, and people are just throwing stuff against the wall. But the thing is, if you go to the Atlantic Sun, you're leaving a one-bid conference to go to a one-bid conference and your travel budget just doubled. So there, that made no sense. It had to be the Missouri Valley. And so the fact that it, that it was... You know, yes, there's going to be added expense and so on, and they're going to have to figure out a way to pump money in to, you know, football's its own thing. We can get into that conversation later. You know, right now, Murray's budget in, in, in the Missouri Valley as it holds is about eighth or ninth out of the 10 or 11 teams that are in there right now. It's like mm-hmm. they've got to pump some cash in there, and that's not a one-time thing. That's an all-the-time thing. Mm-hmm. But you're now getting into a situation where, you know, Murray, the OVC from the time – uh, you know, Murray won in, in 2012. They win a game. Nobody in the conference won a game for seven years in the NCAA tournament. Missouri Valley, you're not worrying about that. You know, right. somebody's going to win one. They're going to get this Sweet 16. 2007, they sent four teams. The world's changed a little bit in 15 years, but it's like that you, you go to a situation there. And, and again, the significance of getting four teams and getting teams to win and getting teams to it's millions of dollars. And that is the significance of them going and I apologize for the filibuster, but that's it. That's the reason it, that's it's a strong all about the I'd like to add to that filibuster though, for a split second. And, and I, I, I live with a PR major. So I, and, and she's amazing. She is my wife. She's the director of tourism in Murray, Kentucky. Her name is Erin Carrico. She's awesome. So we talk a lot about PR. So I, you know, I do have a little bit of the press conference inside of me uh, when it comes to this scenario. But the other thing that I do want to say, and again, it comes straight from Kevin's mouth, but you can go check the math yourself. Less than 10% of colleges are in their original conference. So if you want to put a little further, you know, than they were, you know, years and years ago, like the, the, the idea that people move conferences should be more of a normalcy. Um, Murray State's um, loyalty should not be questioned in a move like this. So the fact is, for 74 years, you know they, you know they've they've been in the Ohio Valley Conference, founders of the 
of the conference, good stewards of the conference, were built by the conference and the success of it, and now have moved on. And just to add a small caveat to that, I, I think Jeff's right. I've said all along, I don't necessarily think the OVC dies in particular. It just dies the way that we knew that it was. It will continue moving on as an incubator of D2 programs and FCS programs uh, that need a lifeboat. Uh, University of Arkansas Little Rock needs a lifeboat. There are several D2 programs that have been linked to the OVC that need a lifeboat to get to that FCS Division I level. So uh, just to add on to that, though, I want to reiterate again, less than 10% of colleges today are in the same conference they started in all those years ago. So I digress. Well, and, and it was interesting to hear, you know, the rainbows and butterflies answer from Ed to start. And then Jeff came in with the, this is actually how it is. It, oh, it's good cop, I, bad cop. Yeah, good cop, bad cop. It's, <laughs> well, it's a really good dynamic. There's no one that's going to sit up there and say, well, we've made this move for money. Like the, mm-hmm. there, there's no press conference that any school president or because it, it you know, there, there would be a portion of the audience that that sounds distasteful to, but but that's it. And then again, it's the trickle down of this isn't, you know, you talk about footprints and, and, and this, that, and the other, that you are now have an opportunity to get an at-large bid to the tournament. You're, you, and, and that's where, and again, that is where this was, this was kind of, you could argue it's an, a bit of an upset that they got into this conference because this, the, everything you read was all the conference presidents wanted big metropolitan areas because mm-hmm. they want to be able to put their billboards in Dallas and in Kansas City to raise enrollment, because that's the other part of the money, is you need students to come to your university. John Morant helped people come to Murray State. We have seen, I mean, that is is inarguable that, Mm -hmm. and you go back from, you know, Butler, going, I mean, how they, the number of, when they went to two straight national championship games a decade ago, that their enrollment numbers, their, their, their admission numbers, application numbers went through the roof. It's like, People don't know about Murray State. But I was like, look, if Murray State plays for a Missouri Valley championship, that game is going to be played on CBS, not ESPN2, not, not, not some CBS that everyone in America can get. And it's going to be an audience, you know, there will be eyeballs on them that have not been on them before. And so that is the, uh, that is, it's all, it's all connected in some way, but the bottom line, the, the thread that runs through all of it is just the almighty dollar. Yes. Asset and, preservation is what I just tried to text you, <laughs> Quinn. It didn't come gotcha. through very well on my phone, but as, it's asset preservation. And that's the PR way of saying money. Absolutely. Right. And I think, you know, DJ and I have grown up both as, as sports fans in general. And mm-hmm. as whenever you're growing up, you see it through a different lens. But then as you become an adult, you see that it's a business. It's not sports. It's more of a business than anything. And so I don't know if that's a sad reality or if that's just how it is, uh, but it definitely makes sense that that would be the main motivator. And that is the main factor as to why they moved. And I want to go ahead and mention also that Murray State recently rolled out a facility master plan with goals of upgrading every athletic complex and facility on campus. How much did these plans play into receiving the invitation from the NBC? And then how will joining this conference help fulfill those plans? I've been told by more than one source that the facilities master plan was going to be unraveled in 2020 and COVID uh, played a number on that, that it not only was it gauche, but it wasn't even feasible. I think all along every 
athletic director when they first come on board wants to sit down and say, here's, here's my vision for the next four or five years. Now, that being said, I think the timeliness of everything, and I think Jeff will be the first to even agree here too, uh, timeliness was impeccable with the release of the facilities master plan because as you start to unveil, hey, this is where our capital campaigns are headed, you know, wandering eyes, people in the Missouri Valley, who, by the way, I think even today, there's a lot of discussion on social media. I think UIC, uh, University of Illinois, Chicago, the Flames are red hot, <laughs> to use a pun, as the next possible, right, as the next possible entrant of the Missouri Valley, which would give you back that Chicago outlet that's lost with Loyola Chicago's move to the A-10. But back to the whole this whole facilities master plan, y- you know, you, you reveal those plans and all of a sudden, you're giving people a blueprint as to where you want to put your money. So it's not just that you're hoarding money to try and you know make an exit fee and bolster your you know your your athletics budget and jump into a conference somewhere. Yeah, conferences they need more than that now. They need to know not just your Tinder profile, but what's your what's your prospects for the next five years? What's your prospects for the next ten years? And we now have that at least in writing. Um, again, capital campaigns, you know, be darned, those types of things have to come to fruition, but we now have a, at least a somewhat stencil of a plan of where Murray state wants to put these donor dollars moving forward. And I think that that certainly was a boon, uh, when trying to make a pitch to the Missouri Valley, Jeff. I mean, it didn't hurt. I mean, it didn't hurt in its, in its, in its simplest way. And, And when you look at you know, that was the, that was sort of the grumblings four years ago was that there was some concerns about facilities and they needed. And look, you, you look at you look at the you, you understand that argument. I mean, the I, I think there's sort of a um, you sort of look at things through a relative prism at times. And, you you know, you think, well, the CFSB Center and it's it's sort of the Taj Mahal of the of the OVC just maybe because of size and so on. But it's like, but that building has been there for 25 years now. And it hasn't had so much, barely a freaking bucket of paint put on it in that amount of time. It's and, technically not complete. And so it needs, you know, it, the football stadium, it probably needed a wrecking ball 30 years ago and they, they have kind of chipped away. So yeah, the plan was good. I think in a lot of ways to Ed's point, I mean, the plan is a plan right now. I don't know that there's necessarily uh, even, a, a minute fraction of the money that is needed to to fulfill all of those plans, but there is a plan, and that's important. And and again, this move, um, you know, it kind of all starts rolling into one. And mm-hmm. and how, you know, without without knowing, you know, without I I think there's it's a you hope enrollment gets boosted. Hey, we got some more money coming in. Hey, you get more, you know, is, is, you know, the Missouri Valley's television deal. Is it better than the Ohio Valley's deal? Hey, you got some more money coming in. Hey, you send more teams to the tournament. Hey, we got more money coming in. And now you can start, you know, it, 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 you can parlay it into itself where it starts paying itself off uh, that way. Um, You're going to go sell a whole hell of a lot of t-shirts and, you know, hats and sweatshirts and all that stuff too, that it's like, you know, those are the little things that, um, you know, will, uh, will, will help, uh, fill the bank account as well. Yeah. And as a Murray state athlete right now, I remember seeing these plans and not being negative, but I thought that this was, Oh, this is off in the distance, but it does seem like the, the, the joining the NBC could possibly expedite this process just because if, if you, if there is an influx of money, 
that's what the plan is. That's and the plans are in, in fruition in and in place. And yeah. so it, it, it's going to be something that can happen a little bit faster. But I know, Ed, yeah. you wanted to add something there. Well, I was just going to say, I, I think if I were to if I were to pick a few things right now, and I'll make this really short because I know there's a lot of points you want to attack, uh, both you know all you guys. But I would say right now, start with some of the really really small details but that are going to completely change the complexion of your program for baseball and softball, get bathrooms near Reagan field and racer field for soccer, put lights on that field so that you can host night games. And perhaps the first round of the NCAA tournament, maybe even put some bleachers on. And I know that these are all part of the master plan, but I would just, I would attack some of the smaller things in each of these arenas, each of these programs. So that way you're showing not only your commitment, but you're going to immediately give a facelift you know, to some of these programs. I, I was trying to say they're bleachers at Cutchin Field for soccer. I love the Hill. The Hill is a wonderful place for us to go and view games. Nice, you know, breezy, warm afternoon. But there's a few people that need some seats. You know, get get some seats. Right. Now all of a sudden you can host a game. You know, and these are just the side sports. I haven't even touched on the fact that, you know, if the CFSB Center were to get a little bit of a facelift, well, all of a sudden it becomes a premier location in the Missouri Valley. So, you know, does that mean box seats? Does that mean some sort of a, you know, a a, a, a mezzanine that that exists for the basketball arena? I, I don't know, but you know, start with some of the smaller facets. Uh, maybe put in a smaller food court that's more accessible at the at the football stadium. Start with some of those smaller projects, and all of a sudden, the rest of it will fall into place. But I mean, I'm not an AD, but that that would be my best that would be my best guess at the first couple of years you know, on this move to the Missouri Valley? I think just from a, you know, looking through the basketball prism, and I was thinking about this today that, you know, I, I think this has an opportunity to uh, really bolster the, I think, bolster fan excitement about when that schedule comes out. Because I think there is a level of boredom is probably the best word you can use. You know, when you when you just look and you're like, here comes Eastern Illinois, here comes SEMO, here comes Martin, here comes all these, you know, 10 win teams, eight win team, you know, just that even if for nothing else, and even if they're bad, they're just new. And, yeah. and I think it's like, Hey, I'll Northern Iowa, I'll come watch them on Drake. Hey, they've been to the tournament, whatever. And so, and what I, what I'm hopeful of, and I think just from a scheduling standpoint is now there are thousand reasons why games get scheduled and don't get scheduled and usually 950 of those thousand are the most petty reasons possible but the hope is that hey you've got now this missouri valley schedule you would hope that there will still be now non-conference games with austin p with mm -hmm. eastern kentucky with moorhead with bellerman with middle tennessee yep. and, and you're like damn that's a pretty good schedule and Maybe we can, God bless them, can we get rid of Campbellsville and can we get rid of Bethel and can we get rid of these games that, you know, I've heard people complaining about, you know, oh, attendance is bad this year. And it's like, look, tickets aren't cheap to anything. And I'm like, why, why are you, what is my interest level? <clears throat> and you, you talked about it earlier about the uh, sports as a business. I don't know when this switch flipped in my head, but it, it was the most, I guess the enlightening thing about my job that I've ever thought to myself in terms of it's a TV show. That's right. all this is. It is an entertainment product. 
It is just a live action. It's it. I mean, it's a Broadway play happening in front of you for two hours. Why am I going to pay to go watch a bad play? Why am I going to pay to watch a bad TV show? There's so many other things to do in the world. Why am I going to have to do that? And so to be able to sort of cut some of that driftwood off the bottom of your schedule, which is put there out of just sheer necessity because they can't get other teams to play. Right. This has opened the door now to you have so many former conference rivals that are now geographically appealing. You know, go play Simo, go play Martin, bring that. I mean, they can still be some semblance of a, a, a rivalry. And hopefully those schools can continue in whatever the new OVC is that they can get their feet back under them and, and become viable mid majors again. So there is some more heat to that game rather than bringing in a 300, you know, net rating team in. But I, I think it has a real opportunity to sort of pump some pump some juice into the fan base about just schedule excitement and just a novelty as much as anything. And then, and again, it goes back to dollars. You get more people in the seats then at, rather than these, you know, early season, you know, 3,000, 3,000, maybe put 5,000 in. And that's, I mean, that's, that's significant money uh, in the mm-hmm. long run. Definitely. Yep. And yeah. there, are, there are those sports at the top of the food chain that kind of carry the rest of the sports. And that's something interesting about the move yeah. uh, to the, to the you NBC. Know, we were talking about, so uh, for 13 of the 15 sports at Murray State, they make the move to Missouri Valley Conference. Uh, but for the two that are staying behind, uh, what does the future for football and rifle look like for, for those two sports? For rifle, and Jeff, you can jump in on football as well, but for rifle, I, they'll stay back in the Ohio Valley Conference. I, I first had thought, you know, during the meeting on Friday, there was some slight discussion from Eric Krigler that, you know, that, that rifle could file as an independent. I heard that incorrectly. Uh, the, they can file as an independent, but they are going to stay back in the OVC. And, uh, but the unique thing about Rifle, uh, as far as uh, you can get at-large bids into that NCAA tournament easily. There's a qualifying round, you know, and, and I, don't, I don't mean easy, but just you, you don't have to go win a conference championship to make it into that NCAA tournament. It's a little bit different just from a point standpoint, uh, from, a, from an at-large standpoint. That's a, a much more that's a much more streamlined process than some of these other, what we would consider primary sports uh, mm-hmm. rifle being an Olympic sport. They have a little bit of an easier road to an NCAA tournament. As far as football is concerned, everything on Friday pointed to one year in the OVC and then applying and getting accepted into the Missouri Valley football conference. Jeff, you may have heard differently, but I, for me, it just seemed almost an automatic given that they were bringing everything that they could to the Missouri Valley Conference, but they were, quote, from Bob Jackson, did not want to leave the OVC in a bad uh, set of circumstances, taking them from six, which you need for an automatic FCS championship qualifier, to five, and there wasn't going to be enough time for the OVC to find a sixth team with football to make that eligible. But, Jeff, you may have heard differently. Well, I I think, firstly, with the rifle situation, I think there was some confusion from people because they're like, you know, how, how, how does this happen? How can they not go with them and, and all of that? And, and, and I think it's, a, it's, it's just uh, people don't pay attention to this stuff as closely as we do. You know, it's like yeah. Moorhead State plays football in the Pioneer League. You right. know, SIUE plays soccer in the Mid-American Conference. Like there, these affiliate memberships are not unheard of and they're, they're more common uh, than I think people would, would generally believe. So the rifle thing, it's like, great, they, you, you need a home. They still want you. Awesome. Everything's, 
that that's that's a mutually beneficial deal there. The football deal, I think this one's is a little bit up to interpretation, I guess. I, I guess when I when I listen to Kevin talk and I think all signs certainly point. I mean, obviously Murray wants to go to the Missouri Valley to play football. Right. It didn't sound um it didn't sound like this was just getting rubber stamped. I mean, I think there's and again, this just may be my perception of what I what I heard, but I mean, obviously, you know, the the Missouri Valley Football Conference is a hybrid of the Missouri Valley Conference and then the Summit Conference. So you have I think you you can rightfully assume you have presidential approval from the Missouri Valley Conference presidents, but the Summit Conferences, which is ultimately the Dakotas, you know, are they and the Horizon League because Youngstown State as well. It's like so what what are their thoughts on on bringing Murray in that that is the uh, I, I would assume that that is what will happen now that is a that is that is swimming in deep waters that is swimming in deep 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 waters for that yep. football program and I think what you have is a situation where um, you know yes the the OVC I think it's it's fine it's what it does as I, I told somebody, I was like, this is kind of a three-pronged deal where, you know, A, it, it, it gives the OVC time to try to – it doesn't eliminate the, the six-team AQ deal for this year. It, right. gives the, it gives the OVC time to find someone else, and it also buys Murray some time that if they don't get into the Missouri Valley Football Conference, it buys them time to go find a new home wherever that may be. Uh, so – but it is a that's a nightmare man and i don't and people said the a sun yeah. and i'm like but i i feel like the a sun the teams that went to the a sun have have uh intentions of of moving up to play in the fbs they do and murray state is not going to the fbs in any lifetime and no, I, so, I agree there so i don't know that that's that's even a viable option so i feel like all signs point to them going i think it will be um Again, it'll be good. But again, that's not the football aspect of it. You know, Texas and Oklahoma go to the SEC. They're going for money. When Murray State goes from the OVC to the Missouri Valley, it's almost a basketball dragged them there. You know, basketball went. And so it's kind of like everybody's in there. Everybody's hanging on to them and and we're going too. So, well, that's it's not the same thing, but it's the cousin and we'll go and that's fine. But, dude, I'm telling you, that is, I mean, Southern Illinois, Southern Illinois was that is a beastly conference. Southern Illinois was the top ten team in the country this year, and they're probably the fifth best team in that con- in that conference. Yeah, they finished eight uh, and five this year, and they're terrific. But they are. Yeah. It is, and again, that just comes down to you got to put more money into it. You're going to have to go recruit different kinds of players, a higher level of player, and you know, I mean, that's the conference that has you know spits out the national champion just about every year, and so. Um, it's a different, it's a different beast. And so then it just becomes, you know, it's sort of the resetting of goals of, you know, obviously, you know, you want to get to the playoffs. You want to, it's like, you have to recalibrate a lot of stuff and almost start over to rebuild, not even to rebuild, just to build, to get yourself. It's almost like, all right, we got to get ourselves competitive in this league. And if we can just get ourselves competitive in this league, we're going to be good enough to go, to get into the playoffs because we can play in this league. We can play anywhere in the country. 
exactly. but it's 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 a different animal altogether than you know yep. the basketball program's transition will be relatively seamless outside of more money dumped into the program um you know they're going to fly a lot more uh they're going to have some they're going to have some different perks i think from a coaching standpoint um you know just in terms of maybe some more toys that 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 make them um you know equal to the folks in their conference uh but but football is not going to be seamless at all that that is going to be a that's a definite work in progress to get them up to where they need to be to be able to be competitive in that league yeah, just for reference there, uh, speaking of spitting out champions, North Dakota State has won nine of the last 11 championships in FCS football. Nine. Nine. Wow. They, they have, and they just beat Montana State 38 to 10 earlier this week. So, and, and that's just, that's just conference football. That's just what they do. And you look at, they went 14 and one this year. And I believe their one loss was against another MVFC opponent in South Dakota State, the Jackrabbits. So that's how good that conference is neil bradley and i were talking about this voice of the racers we're talking about this earlier this week just how good that conference is that western illinois finished with two conference wins and they were the worst team in the league and by worst i mean they took several teams to the wire in that conference and still couldn't manage to finish uh, with a winning record so you know that's how good that football conference is I mean, it's not out of the question that they have seven or eight teams ranked in the top 25 at any given time. And they have, you know, four in the top 10. I mean, it's just, it is, yeah. it's legit. And, you know, that's what, you know, the OVC could have, you know, in years past when you would have Jacksonville state or um, that's pretty much it. You know, when you'd have Jacksonville state, that could be that one team that you right. know, they would be, you'd be like, Oh, they're in the top 10. And that's fine. They have four. I mean, that's just, that's, that's the, the gauntlet that you kind of have to run on a, on a consistent basis. So I know Dean's up for it and he's up for the challenge and he's, you know, it's all, but, it, but at the same time, it's like, you know, I need some bullets for the gun. I mean, that, that, that's the, that's the walking cliche. It just, you know, you're, you're walk, taking the gun, the knife to the gunfight right now. Yeah. Uh, they need, they need some bazookas and he's got to go find, he's got to go find them. And, and that's, you know, I know recruiting has been a, you know, they try to recruit low, uh, closer to home and they want to be able to keep the homegrown talent in and, um, that's fine and well, uh, but you know, the last couple of years have been down around here, high school wise, uh, you know, we have, we're not sending kids to the sec and, and much lately, they need to go find those kids. And, and that's just going to be, you know, talk about footprints, that recruiting footprint is going to have to, uh, expand considerably where they can go, they can go find some dudes cause they're going to need some dudes. One extremely way. quick caveat to that, that I'd like to add, I think if the Missouri Valley football conference does bring in Murray state football says, Hey, listen, you know, into 2022, we appreciate it. Your diligence. Thank you. We're going to invite you. I think that immediately improves the recruiting footprint for Murray state just by sheer default, because it is the top conference. If you tell a kid right now, Hey, listen, you know, it's going to be some tough sledding for a couple of years, but you're going to come play the best of the best of the best of the FCS, you know, where, you know, this conference regularly puts guys in the NFL, I regularly puts guys in the NFL. Then all of a sudden you, you can, you can say, Hey, all right, you know what? I will go to Murray state. I want to help them build that tradition uh, and, and take it to the next level. But that's, that's probably a couple of years. Where the hell is North Dakota state finding their players? I mean, North Dakota state, there's not like a giant football recruiting hotbed that no one knows about in the it's Hills unreal, of North Dakota. Man. I mean, they win nine national titles. They're finding them somewhere. Yep. So it's like, that's just, that is just, they made a commitment and they go find those guys. And, and that's just the commitment that has to be made. And really it's like, you know, I, I think that from, from a similar 
uh, recruiting area geographically and budget wise and all of it, I think you just have to look to Carbondale and you're just yep. like, all right, what is SIU doing? How have they done it? Where are they getting their guys? What's and, Missouri State doing? You know, and, you know, that's a comparable Carbondale and, and Murray are, you know, as, as close, I think, from a, you know, a, a market size that you can, um, that you can kind of pull, but it's like, all right, they've, they've figured out where they are, you know, they can be a top 10, top 15 team. What, what is the secret to their sauce? And let's, let's sort of copy that as best as possible. I think there's going to be a definite transition period. Uh, basketball will have the easiest transition, I think, into the NVC, but you have to think that all the other sports are going to have just simply a, an adjustment period because the schedule gets harder. Jeff, you mentioned that earlier. Like it, it, you don't have any throwaway games. You don't have any cupcake games. All these games are going to be competitive. Your schedule is going to be different and it's going to be more difficult. But we've we mentioned it time and time again, the football and the basketball pro program are the moneymakers for Murray State. And that's where all of, most of the budget goes is to those two sports. Um, and with a move into the NBC, we could maybe do some reckless speculation. There are other sports that are sponsored in the NBC that aren't in the OVC. And uh, Ed, I know you've mentioned this a couple of times I've seen on Twitter. Could Murray State add sports? Is that a possibility? Could they add wrestling? And I, I know it, there's a lot of stuff that comes down to Title IX. If they add men's soccer or men's tennis, like, you know, they're going to have to add beach volleyball, like Ed mentioned. But is that something that you could see happening is, okay, now that we're in a bigger conference, now that we're in a conference that has more money, can we start to expand our sports? Um, I think that's probably more of just like me being like the hopeful always positive, always upbeat, always, well, let's just make the most of this. I think realistically, probably not right out of the gate. Uh, you've got to attack the facilities master plan first. Um, and you've got so many other different priorities uh, that I think probably early on, I'd say within the first five to 10 years of your existence in the Missouri Valley, you're probably just, I don't want to call it treading water, but at least just trying to say, you know what, we belong in the in the deeper end of the pool here in some of these different sports. Now, that being said, I think I think there is a clear opportunity for men's tennis to return. I think there's a clear opportunity for men's soccer to exist, for beach volleyball to exist. And, and you can balance out the Title IX just through scholarship dollars. It isn't necessarily even total scholarships. It's just the amount of money you're contributing to both men's and women's athletics. I, I think there's certainly a, a – I, I, would, I would aim small, miss small. I would start with some smaller teams like beach volleyball and men's soccer and see if those work. But again, probably not within the first five to 10 years. And I know that that, and, and who knows, maybe 10 years from now, we can look back on this awesome, you know, Sunday night podcast with Jeff Bidwell and you two cool dudes and say, well, we nailed it. We got it right. And that this is what they brought on. But I would say probably not in the early threshold, but just the hopefulness of me though, would think, yeah, I'd, I'd love to, I would, I'd love to see men's soccer just selfishly. I think it's really good in Southern Illinois, Southern Indiana, Western Kentucky is a lot of homegrown talent here. Start there. Uh, and then with beach volleyball, it's been iterated to me more than once that you can dual scholarship. A lot of your volleyball players that already exist within your, you know, your team and, and your school, keep them in shape by playing beach volleyball. They may not want to, which might lead to other opportunities for, for new athletes to keep that title nine balance, but I would have to think I could be wrong, but I would think that there are probably two or three each year that you recruit that are like, yeah, I'd play beach volleyball and I'd play hardwood volleyball on the indoor. So I, I don't know. I could be totally wrong. I've been wrong a lot in the past and I'll be wrong a lot in the future. But if I'm looking at a five to 10 window, I'm attacking men's soccer and beach volleyball and I'll start and I would start there. Yeah. I just, I think it's 
to steal a phrase, reckless speculation uh, at sure. this point. So, I mean, I, 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 it'd be great, but I mean, I, I think in a lot of ways, um, and probably just saying what Ed has said in a, in a different, in a different way is that Murray's coming from, they're playing from behind right now, just monetarily. And it's like, you kind of got to, you got to get your feet under you. You got to, you got to get caught up to everybody else. And then it's like, all right, now that we've, now that we have adjusted our spending uh, to where we are, you know, at least even middle of the pack with, with every sport we're going to play. Now it's like, all right, let's look around and all right, how much more do we have that, you know, is it time to be able to, you know, to add more. And I, and I think ultimately, you know, it's, it's, it's that, you know, what's, what's your, what's your return on investment, you know? And, and I guess that's, I guess you can make that argument about any sport, you know, it's like, what, why do we have it and what do we get out of it? And, uh, you know, sometimes it's just simply, you know, Hey, here's, here's 10 more kids that we can put through college. And, um, you know, there is value in that, but, um, you know, from, from the non-revenue standpoint, you just have to, you just kind of have to figure out what your, you know, what your, what your long game is with it. But for now, I think it's just, you just got to, they've got to be good stewards of their money, which I know they will be, but it's just trying to, we got to get caught up to everybody else in everything else. Um, and not be in the front of the pack. I mean, I don't expect Murray is not going to be the most spending team in the Missouri Valley, but you've at least got to be in the middle of the pack. You've got to be in that upper third, you know, even just a third of the way from the top, it would be uh, better. And I, and I see them, I don't see Murray trying to go on the cheap here and, and like, Hey, we'll, we'll just figure it out being the, you know, eighth or ninth biggest budget in the conference, you know, they'll get into that fourth or fifth range and somebody's always going to outspend you and that's fine. But um, you know, the significance between, um, you know, I was looking just yesterday I mean, there's a lot of school. I mean, Murray spends, uh, don't quote me. I, I swear it was like somewhere in like the 1.8 million range for basketball. Well, there's a lot of teams in the Valley that are like two, six, two, eight, two, nine. It's like, that's not, you know, in the big picture of the world, it's not a lot of money, but I bet if you wrote a check to Matt McMahon for a million bucks and you're like, buddy, go nuts. Uh, he could find some ways to do some, you know, to do stuff with that. And, and again, that's, that's simple, you know, a, you can pay your assistants more and uh, yep. so maybe you can keep them. B you can add, you know, I don't even know, do they have a basketball secretary? You know, it's like, I know they have, uh, you know, it's like simple things, like just infrastructure things within the department that, you know, I know Crystal Morrow's there and I know she, she works with Rochelle and I think she kind of maybe does something with the gut. Like she was kind of doing both, but that was, right. that was part of the cuts. They can spend money and buy games and this isn't by Alabama A&M, but you're like, you know what? Hey, VCU, here's a hundred grand. Come play us at our place. We don't have to squeeze in a home and home. Just come play. Like, those are the things that raise your profile on top of the fact that they're going to have to charter flights. They're going to have to, you know, you're not just getting on a bus and riding to Des Moines and you're not riding to Chicago. You, you go, you come back when he goes on recruiting trips, you know, and that's like, look, if he wants to go see a kid in Indianapolis play, he's got to get in the car. He's got to drive five hours to Indianapolis, go watch him drive five hours home. And he's blowing the day gets in a plane. He goes, boom, he goes, sees another kid. He sees another kid. He sees another kid and he's home by dinner. I mean, it's just, it's time efficiency and it's, and, and I think there's people, look, that's the way everybody does it. Cal Perry hadn't been on a bus in 20 years, you know, and it's like, and not that you're trying to be Kentucky, but it's like, there is a different world uh, out there other than I just got to rent a car and just drive and just put miles on everything, trying to chase that stuff down. And that's, yep. and that's like, it's a million dollars. It's a lot of money, but it's really not. And and uh, and that the, those are the kind of investments that can have direct um, direct impacts on that program 
uh, right away. And again, that's just basketball. You know, football is the same thing. They're going to be taking flights. And, um, but that's, that, that is where that money is needed because it's just, it is, it is not sustainable to be constantly, all right, let's get on a bus. Let's go to Youngstown state and let's go to South Dakota and let's go. It's just like, you're killing these kids. You're killing them. And that's, you know, if you're going to play big boy sports and you're going to get into big boy conferences and you've gotten into a footprint that's larger than you, you got to be able to get on a plane and you've got to be able to spend that money. And, uh, you know, and for all the pearl clutchers about academics and this, that, and the other, that it's like, yeah, they can get back and get to class in the morning. You know, you're not worried about them, you know, spending 26 hours on a bus ride somewhere because they're going right. to play a game. Three things that I think are going to help improve that though. And again, this is a wider picture, but the I-69 corridor, they are breaking they are working diligently. I know that Andy Bashir's budget this year is going to attack that. I know that the Kentucky Transportation Cabinet has already announced the fact that the I-69 bridge between Kentucky and Indiana is a number one priority for them. Number two, and I actually learned this through Kevin Saul on Friday as well, who illuminated the fact that Kyle Oakley Field is actually one of the larger runways, uh, not just in western Kentucky, but on this side of the state. And so they're able to take charter planes uh, of larger capacity. So that's definitely something that they were able to sell to the Missouri Valley Conference, you know, as part of their pitch on December 19th. And then number three, they're, 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 I think it's over $200 million is going into the Paducah airport alone. And Bashir has mentioned time and again that that is going to become a premier regional airport just with its facelift. That's three things right away that help you streamline that travel and pipeline into the Missouri Valley conference and i think it had to have been at least a small piece of the pie on the december 19th discussion just you know when they were just you know describing everything to the missouri valley those are smaller things maybe not necessarily as important but those are really nice luxuries to know that that infrastructure is coming in the next five to ten years and it's going to make life a lot easier not just for murray state and western kentuckians but for everybody in the missouri valley that knows they're going to have to travel this way either you know, as a travel partner with Belmont to come down to Nashville and come up or have to come down uh, from the northern part of the platform. So, I, you know, I, I think those are three key things that people need to know. Kyle Oakley Field's capable. I-69 Bridge is eventually coming. And, uh, and yeah, the Paducah Airport's going to be a lot different in 10 years. It's, it's interesting that this entire conversation that we've had, there is one underlying theme, and it's, it's pretty obvious, money and spending. Where's the money going? How's it coming in? And the last question we have for you guys is, of course, you're getting into the valley. You've got all these big markets and you're hoping to get some other big markets in the future. What will the economic impact look like for Western Kentucky and, and then the surrounding area of Murray State? Well, I need to call my wife on that one. <laughs> I, I can tell you right now, Jeff, if you want to take it, the first thing I can think of is heads and beds. I mean, you're looking at people staying. You're looking at people wanting to invest. Uh, you're talking about... I still think there's the possibility for new restaurants, new hotels, and just in Murray, Kentucky alone. But from a travel standpoint, I mean, some of these teams are bus teams. I mean, Illinois State's a bus team. SIU, bus team. You know, Valparaiso, bus team. These are teams that are now traveling in and traveling a lot further. They're going to need to stay in Western Kentucky just a little bit longer. And they're not going to necessarily always stay in Murray. They're going to stay in Paducah. They're going to head to Nashville, you know, for that swing against Belmont. They're going to do different types of things. You know, Evansville, you know, they got to come through Henderson, you know, to get here. So 
you know, and that means Madisonville and Webster County and, you know, and on down and on down the, the interstate and, you know, and Dawson Springs, you know, that's a, that's a gas stop for a lot of people, you know, coming from Evansville and, and that direction. Terre Haute, Indiana State has got to come that way. So I think for me, you know, the simple answer is it's, it's a colossal investment into Western Kentucky and it's going to play a larger impact uh, from an economic standpoint. The complex answer is that at the micro and macro level, uh, I think it's only, it's only, what, what is it? Stonks? What's the meme these yes. days? Like, <laughs> yeah, your stonks in Western Kentucky are rising and uh, t- now's the time to buy, but that's just me. I don't work for the visitors bureau. So I, I, I don't have the numbers, but I, I guess I, I guess I'm suspect kids call that uh, explanation that I just gave sus that uh, uh, it is S-U-S. look teams are still coming uh, whether it's Moorhead State or it's Drake or whoever they're still coming in they're still staying yeah. in the hotels I mean I think the argument is you know are you going to um, are you going to be able to attract fans from the other schools to come and I don't know that that you know I don't know that anybody from Northern Iowa is going to make a trip to Murray you just don't um, it's a good point. You know, you know, I, I think that, you know, you've had, you know, people come from Austin P or they come from SEMO or Martin or, you know, that those, those two hour or less drives, they go home at the end of the night. So they're not staying. So the question is just, you know, honestly, there might be part of it where maybe it take a hit because, you know, the, the amount of fans that come over from Austin P and they'll come have dinner in Murray before they go to the game. Well, now you're playing, you know, in Illinois state or Indiana state or Evansville are, are the same amount of people going to come. And then are they going to eat? Are they going to stay? I don't know. They may not, they just may not even make the trip. So, I mean, I think that's a, you know, it may kind of wash out, you know, in the end. Um, I, I think, I mean, I just feel like it's, it's a, to go back to sort of the, the, the board fans aspect of it. I, I think you've just given yourself an opportunity more money can be brought in straight to the university just from ticket sales that you, you're providing a product that if nothing else, I don't know that it'll be better. It should be better, but it's different and people like different. And so I think that that uh, curiosity will, will just bring more people to the building, at least for a couple of years, you know, at least for a couple of years. And then, and again, like I said, if you're, if you're able to start buying games and you're not having to play the D2s and the NAIAs and the Alabama A&Ms and the, Jackson States and whatever, and then you can start bringing in, just fill in the blank. Just you know the, these these schools that are like, well, you pay us hundred bucks or hundred grand, sure, we'll come over and play you, you know. And that's that 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 changes everything. And so, I mean, I think that's the that's kind of the aspect I think you can hit hard. But you know, the rest of it, I'm I'm not sure how much of a. But to your point, I mean, I, I think now it will, it will how much direct impact. I think it will it will impact the airline aspect of it, yeah. And whether sure. that whether that goes to Paducah, how much goes to Paducah, you know, somebody, I don't know how much money Paducah gets when someone buys a flight that flies into Paducah. You know, it's like I don't know, I don't know. And then they're hopping on a bus and they're driving to Murray. You know, Paducah's not getting hotels or, or whatever, but but it certainly gets some airport use out of it rather than everyone in the league bussing in that you're going to have teams flying in. And so that, that there will certainly be an impact there. Yeah, I want to counterpoint that, and and it's, I mean, it's an accidental point, but I mean, you you definitely have made it. I get what you're saying from a, you know, from a, an excitement standpoint right here, the nuclear centricity of it. Like, 
bringing in everybody that's really close to Murray is probably going to be a little bit easier now and, and probably even more robust because people are going to see this new schedule and they're going to say, oh, wow, well, instead of playing SEMO tonight, they're playing you and I. I'd love to see that game. That's going to be great, no matter what sport it is. You know, having said that, though, I think something that we need to remember is that for as many Murray State alumni that exist in the Missouri Valley footprint, there are Missouri Valley alumni that already exist from the Bradleys, the UNIs, the Illinois States that are also this way. It isn't just like an outward shoot of, oh, well, there's just Murray State fans everywhere. Because, I mean, there is. Don't get me wrong. But there are UNI graduates that are in Western Kentucky. There are Bradley graduates that are in Southern Illinois that are going to make that drive. There are there you know, are SIU graduates. There, I'm sort of in the middle here because yeah. I cover both programs here. Yeah, um, I, you're right. That, that is the – that will be – the rivalry i think down here again uh, belmont will, will always have a special thing but i was like siu siu and murray haven't really been oh that hates uh, back you know it, but but they've never been great necessarily at the same time and you know murray siu had that run from 02 to 07 where they went to the sweet they went to the tournament every year they went to the sweet 16 twice and murray was like yeah they got to the tournament a couple times with cronin and it was, it was like they weren't great and if you can get both those suckers humming at the same time yes. i think that's got an opportunity to become one of the rivalries in this there's a lot of people that go to siu that are that are in these parts that live in and even live in metropolis and you know places like that that will like oh God, we'll, we'll, yeah we'll go to murray and go watch that and so i think that's got that one's got a chance to have some juice to it that um you know people people in this area that you know, like I'm an SIU guy, but I'm going to, and I haven't been to a Murray game forever because I don't care about them, but now I'm going to go. And so that, that I think has a chance to be big. One other point that I want to add to that too. And again, I, I'm, I'm, I am being fed a teleprompter here from uh, my lovely wife, the director of tourism, but it's a great point. What's um, her name again? Uh, Aaron Carrico. Okay, great. <laughs> Plug in the names here. Here she makes she makes a great point, and I think it really adds some value here. But I want to say this: she said we have teams traveling with their family coming to our area who have never been here before. While staying overnight, that ensures additional meals. The fans will come, give that a few seasons, but small town convenience will play to our favor for new visitors. One basketball team, men's and women's, takes up half of a hotel in Murray. Not to mention any family that travels wherever the team goes, a football team takes up one entire hotel. So I get that from your perspective. I, I totally agree with you, Jeff, from a nuclear standpoint, how much more money is it actually going to bring? That's probably remains to be seen. But I think the one thing sometimes we forget, and I forget it too, fans aren't necessarily the ones that are even spending all the money. It's the actual teams themselves. A North Dakota state two years from now, when they travel down here, they got to bring 75 guys plus their teams you know, staff, plus their players, you know, extra players, plus their families, plus whoever else decides to show up to that game. Uh, and again, I know that that's just a microcosm. That's just literally one game that we're talking about. But if we multiply that by a lot of different sports, and we all know, guys, everybody's got helicopter parents and helicopter families that follow wherever you go. I, th and that's a good thing. I, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing, but it's just a thing. Yeah. Yeah. You're, yeah. Quinn, Quinn's family follows him everywhere. Dude, the man I'm could play, you. the man could play golf on the moon and his parents would be right there with Jeff Bezos flying to the moon. And it's amazing. That's, right. that's true. But point, point being, I, again, I understand this is probably just arguing semantics, 
but I do think that there is a chance for considerable revenue in Western Kentucky when all of a sudden North Dakota State's football team or, you know, UNI's basketball team or Missouri State's women's basketball team, which is ranked, roll into Murray and all of a sudden they bring in, you know, 20 pairs of parents, you know, all their staff, all their kids, you know, six family members, two dogs and a partridge in a pear tree, and they need to buy out an entire hotel. And all of a sudden the Spring Hill Suites is full in Murray and they don't have anywhere else to go. Well, that just means you got to build another hotel, you know, and that's not just Murray. I, I think that also is a considerable factor for some of these other teams that are going to have to travel just a little bit further. They're not going to take the plane, but they're going to take the bus. They're going to get halfway down the road. They're like, yeah, Brookport looks pretty decent. You know, we're going to stay in near Metropolis. You know, we're going to stay in Paducah. You know, maybe the 1857 hotel or, or the one of the riverfront is where we want to be this tonight. You know, they're going to take these experiences and hopefully that's going to be an influx of cash into Western Kentucky. I could be totally wrong. 15 years from now, you know, Murray State and Western Kentucky might just be morally and, and financially bankrupt. But I hope that's not the case. And I think the Missouri Valley <laughs> provides it. Uh, yeah, I know. Right. But I, I think the Missouri Valley provides a unique opportunity for that. Morally bankrupt. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw it in there. It's totally possible. I mean, you can become morally bankrupt at any point. It's it's a it's a possibility for sure. You got some strange looks for that, Ed. Uh, just to make sure that the people that are listening on the podcast, I think both uh, myself and DJ and Jeff squinted our eyes and looked at you after you said that. But I think we've taken up enough of your guys's time. Uh, we want to just thank you guys for talking about all this, providing your insight and your intellect on the the topic at hand. And before we let you go, we want to say, uh, Ed. If people are looking for your unique voice and perspective, where can they find you? I know you've got a podcast. Oh, I don't suggest they look for my advice at all. But if you are interested in my Unless you need some advice on being morally bankrupt. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just I'm just trying to steer you away from it. Don't become morally bankrupt. Don't 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 get mired into the that which is disdainful and terrible. But I don't think it's an accident that this podcast just about was wrapped up, given a hard cue to get out as soon as you took this thing down a dark alley of moral bankruptcy. Uh, Absolutely. Okay, Ed, thanks for everything. We're going to time to go. You can can find my terrible takes on Twitter at DreamMarlow85. And I do occasionally, uh, when the time fits, have a good podcast with Neil Bradley, Voice of the Racers. Uh, it is for those who inquired. So appreciate the time and at go racers. I'll talk the OVC and the NBC anytime you want. And then Jeff, uh, everyone in the Western Kentucky area knows that, you know, we can catch you on the television, WPSD local six for sports coverage, but for the diehard racer fans that are listening to this podcast. And I hope that people tuned in, tell them a little bit more about the stay on your wall, uh, docu-series that you've been working on and where they can find it. Uh, every Saturday night at 630 for the next uh, nine weeks. Um, I guess we got number one out of the book out of the way uh, last night. We're just looking back at that uh, 2012 season where, uh, you know, the racers were 31 and two and last I'm beating in the country and top 10 in the country and all that stuff. And uh, I'm, I've always been a, an anniversary guy. And so this is uh, amazing that it's been 10 years uh, already, but uh, you know, I, I, I traveled all across to America's fruited plain, tracking folks down, and um, you know, talked to more than 50 people. And it's it was a it was a great experience to relive all of it. And I'm just like I said at the beginning, and just hoping that, hoping to, uh, I guess, rekindle some fun memories for people that because uh, that was not a that was not a Murray State experience. That was really a West Kentucky experience, and that's what made it so uh, great. That you know, it was always. I always said, you know, we drive down to Murray State games and we'd be coming down 641 and there was 
it was just us driving down because uh, everybody that was going to the game was already in Murray. And that year, uh, there was always just a constant run of traffic going from Paducah down to 640, down to Murray. And that was, uh, that's how you fill up that building. And so it was, uh, it was a hell of a year and uh, it's been, I've learned stuff. So that's, you know, my, my, my sort of mission with this, as I, as I said to Ed last night was, I don't, I'm not trying to appeal to Ed because Ed's in and people like him are in, I'm trying to get uh, Ed's wife to be in because I, and that's metaphorically speaking, because uh, she's not going to watch it. So uh, we've already, we've, Oh, I'm going to make her watch it. No, 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 that's fine. Uh, Listen, (laughs) she already side eyes me enough as it is when I see her, I don't need another reason for her to throw daggers. So um, I'm, I, I, I'm hoping that in the sort of the storytelling process that it's not necessarily for sports people, sports people will obviously get it, but I'm trying to, trying to provide enough other sidebars and um, you know, that, that, the documentary is not, Hey, they played this game and they won and they played this game and they won. It's, it's kind of everything around it. And the games just kind of provide a drumbeat to, you know, kind of get from A to B to C, but you know, it's about the, it's about all the other stuff. So uh, that's what we're, that's the mission. We'll see if we can, let's see if we can land the plane before we're, uh, before we're all done, but uh, six 30 every Saturday night, uh, 10 weeks again, yesterday was January 8th was the first one. Uh, I think it ends the Saturday before selection Sunday, I believe is the last episode. So, um, and that's, that's that. I caught, I caught the first episode for those people that are listening. You do not want to miss it. Make sure you catch up on the uh, stay on your wall docuseries. And then Jeff, I just want to make myself available because uh, as a fan, I was at the the first game that they lost uh, that season. I think I had, a poster that said 27 and 0. I'm not sure how many uh, games they won in a row, but here comes, uh, yeah, here comes Ed saying about that's the night he got engaged and he ruined everything. So if yeah, I have, oh, you've I got a, a poster. you've got a drink, take it now because this is this is the I time. So poster that jinxed the the run. <clears throat> Quinn, you were at the game. Yes, with with a that's couple right. Posters. I'm totally going to do this. All right, I'm going to do it because. Actually, my wife's second in command was at the game too as a uh, up and coming high schooler at St. Mary, and it makes me feel old. But your I wife did. was an up and coming high schooler. No, uh, no, 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 no. My wife was <laughs> oh, still okay. the director okay. of tourism, Sorry. and I had not okay. met her at the time. But that's Ooh. well played. Just need to clarify. Jeff. Just need to clarify. <laughs> well played, Jeff. Woo! Talk about moral bankruptcy. Speaking of moral bankruptcy, correct, <laughs> correct. Uh, we played that one well. No, I will leave you with this. It was a big to do, and uh, it was at the first media timeout. Uh, I got down on one knee and proposed to a, a lady friend of the time, and it did not work out. Six months later, we were apart, but uh, you know, it happened. I should have known then. Uh, I've always made that joke. I should have known then that when the racers lost that night, that uh, that my life was uh, in that relationship was doomed. Uh, but here we are, you know, it's a fun joke 10 years later. It's great. Uh, but in the moment it was not so great. And, uh, yeah, it's absolutely, I've had a lot of people even since then come up to me and they're like, man, did you get engaged that game? And I'm like, yeah. They're like, how'd that go? Not so great. Much like that game in the final. Yeah. About the last four minutes of that game, racers really just got too tight offensively. And, uh, you know, I know we're going to learn a lot about that game, uh, in, in Jeff's, Jeff's show. I'm really looking forward you, to it. You are a you are a walking talking after school special. I, mean, I know. Really... I, I, it's <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, Jeff, it's not intentional. I don't do this on purpose. So bless you. Bless you.
Well, make sure to tune in to stay on your wall to see if Ed's failed proposal makes the cut. We'll see uh, if in what episode that, that will make it. But thank you guys so much for taking the time uh, episode, to do this. Uh, let me see. Uh, that's episode. Uh, where did it go? Well, that's episode six. So we'll, Episode six. Wow. Yeah, that, that was the, the former fiance. She's the one that we're trying to track down for the, that's <laughs> one that's of the, the interviews. One. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so. Uh. <laughs> All right. We've got, a, we've got a good lead so on it. we got a good lead. So Bye. my pleasure. My pleasure. This has been All You Need to Know. If you have a topic you would like to hear about, message us on Twitter or Facebook or send us an email at allyouneed2no00 at gmail.com. Rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And tune in every Wednesday because here at AYN2K, we've got you covered.